Hey, this is James. I want to let you know of an exciting opportunity to accelerate your progress in achieving your goals. On Friday, April the 14th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., Engineer of Success is hosting an advanced training session on crucial conversations. Participants will be equipped with the skills and knowledge needed to recognize, respond to, and navigate crucial conversations effectively. This is going to be a combination of lecture, discussion, breakout sessions, and hands-on exercises where participants can gain practical tools and strategies that they can use to communicate more effectively and when at work and at home. You're going to build stronger relationships and achieve your goals. You can use the link in the show notes to register for this advanced training session today. As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for the show. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. It is my pleasure to be your guide in helping you to design and live a life where you are winning at work and at home. Today, we have an absolutely special guest today. We have Dr. V. So let me give a backdrop, Dr. V, before we bring you on and you, for you to do your self-introduction, okay. because this is the first interview episode that we've had in quite some time. And I thought it was important to bring you on because I recently did a survey of engineer professionals on LinkedIn asking mm-hmm. them what their top two challenges were in achieving success, both in their personal and professional life. And the number one thing that came up, actually were two things that were tied, was diminished work-life balance and burnout and stress. Mm. I started thinking, I did a few episodes, I did an episode on the top two challenges that engineering professionals face. And we talked about burnout and we talked about work-life balance. But I started thinking of ways in which we could add more value to the podcast listening audience. And I was thinking, who... Do I know that can talk about burnout? Who do I know that may be a burnout specialist? And I thought that it was time for the Engineer Your Success podcast audience to have an office visit with Dr. V. Thank you, James. Look, thank you for stepping into my office today and stepping into my office with your listeners. I appreciate it. Yes. So so tell the audience a little bit about yourself and why they should really be so excited that you're here today. Oh, man. So, again, thank you for having me. And I am excited to share this message because what you just talked about, that survey, that is exactly what I would have answered to. So my name is Benita Vernado, and I am a board-certified OBGYN and a board-certified lifestyle medicine physician. And what's applicable to our conversation is that I practiced for over 20 years and August of 2021, I left my full-time job simply because of burnout. 
And the funny thing is it took me five years to do it. And so I was the test dummy, if you will, baller <laughs> engineer. So I was the test dummy. And what I'm trying to now spread with the latter part of my career is to shorten that time for people from what might have been five years to maybe nine months, a year to kind of get things going. And what I have found, I'm a physician. You're an engineer. I think people think burnout. When you type up burnout, a lot of times you see physician burnout. The reality is, is it's across the board. Engineers are burnout. Accountants, whoo, we're in tax season. They are burned out. But, you know, the person at the grocery store scanning your groceries is burned out. And I really think COVID just highlighted that. And people are ready to hear it. People are ready to acknowledge that it really is something that needs to be addressed. I would absolutely agree. One of the things that I say a lot is that engineers are people. And that's really just to say that. Yeah. um, And you can say the same thing. Physicians are people too. The cashier, they're people too. And we are all experiencing issues from burnout and stress, whether it's COVID related, whether it is our culture and what we bring to the table in terms of we need to work, work, work. And, And for some acknowledging that you're burned out is seen as a sign of weakness and acknowledging that, hey, I'm overwhelmed and I have so much going on that I'm starting to feel depleted and burned out. And I was, I was absolutely astounded when the people responded to the survey with those two things in mind. It's like you knowing that it's an issue and seeing people actually respond and say that it's an issue are two different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being willing to put it down on paper. Yes. yes. That's a huge leap. So kudos to those who responded and were able to share that because that is one of the things that you have to be able to see that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so happy that you're addressing this with your, your audience. Yeah. So, hey, let's get into... Uh, just the definition of burnout and how you would define burnout. And then what are some of the symptoms or things that our listening audience should be on the lookout for, either in themselves or in their partners or in people in their circle? What are some of those behaviors and things that start to happen and how burnout impacts us? Absolutely. So I like to think of burnout really as a or symptom that comes from the spirit. So it's think of mental and physical exhaustion. So it's prolonged mental and physical exhaustion due to a recurrent stressor. Okay. It's prolonged. So I went to medical school. You were in engineering school. We did it for a few years, but that's not how we want to live the rest of our lives. Right. So stress and packages I know there's a a time limit. There's an end. Okay, I can package that. But we're talking about prolonged stress, recurrent stress and prolonged mental and physical exhaustion. And I I imagine a lot of times this comes up for folks in our audience as it starts out as a temporary thing. Mm. I'm just going to work these long hours so that I can do X or this is just going to be a project that I need to complete, or I'm working towards this promotion and I need to do this. It's okay. And then what starts off as temporary, all of a sudden becomes a lifestyle. 
And that lifestyle, if nothing else happens, will continue to burn them. I'll share the flip side of that. You sign up to work in a culture where burnout is the norm. Yes. I mean, how long did I go to school to deliver babies? I knew I was going to, I wasn't going to get sleep at night. I knew that. <laughs> and I pat myself on the back because you're doing these great things. You're a part of people's lives. My name is on somebody's birth certificate. You know, like, wow. Yeah. And the culture is one that you give all, you give everything. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, what really kind of turned the tide for me, and this kind of goes into the symptoms, is that there's something in your spirit that just says something is not right. Yeah. And I started to realize that everybody at work, they were getting the best of me. And at home, mother, two kids, they're getting the leftovers. Yeah. And when your family gets the leftovers, They get accustomed to leftovers. So people, you know, maybe aren't inviting you to stuff. They're not asking you to do stuff. They're not asking you to help. And another one of the symptoms, the reason they might not be asking you to help is because you're irritable and grouchy. Everything (laughs) makes you mad. You can't be happy. Everything. You're just really, really irritable, which is unfortunate because that's really not who you are. Now, some people by nature, maybe that's their personality. But if that's not really who you are, when you just kind of start snapping at everybody, that's a sign that, you know, something something is going on with you. Yeah, and what I would say is that it, it doesn't matter whether that's who you are or not. It's who do you want to be? So if you notice that you are in a situation where you begin to get snappy with the family or you're irritable, then that level of awareness is huge. And it's this excuse that people use at times. I'm just wired that way. That's just the way that I am. Mm -hmm. But I think if we stop there, then you sell yourself short because it doesn't matter how you were originally wired because you can start to rewire how you respond in certain situations. You can start to respond like the person you want to be, not the person that you have been. I love that. I love that. That is very true. And I don't know how someone comes to that epiphany, but I think for those who are burned out, the key thing is that you have to notice a change. Yes. A difference. I was was a ray of sunshine. Now I'm a, a storm cloud. I have to get back to myself. I love that. We can always, always change. And I do believe that a happier life is for us and that at some point, some way you will get that message. So if you are wired that way, you can be rewired. Yes. Uh, Absolutely, for sure. And for some folks that listen to these discussions about burnout and work-life balance, they're like, well, you know, I, I don't need that right now because I'm really focused on X, Y, or Z. It's okay to have a temporary focus on sure. what it is that you want to achieve. Sure. And when you notice that it becomes a lifestyle choice, then that's an issue. If you notice when you're coming home and your kids are distant from you because you're irritable, that's a problem. That's a problem. And and being able to be aware that this is a problem is huge. It's huge. Right. So we've talked about the definition of burnout being something, a prolonged stressor situation where you're in this situation for a prolonged period of time, mental, physical, it is happening, it's pressing down on you. And then we've talked about, okay, being aware of how you're showing up at work and how you're showing up 
in other areas of life because there are times when work is taking everything away or most of you away and <laughs> what you have left is for your family yes. or the, the other pursuits or even for yourself because mm. self-care gets in, uh, gets that left over as well. Right, right. Let me share two others. Yeah. So exhaustion is the hallmark. Mm-hmm. The exhaustion is a hallmark of burnout. And what you can see is that you can sleep as much as you need to and you still feel tired. You can go on a vacation and still feel tired. Yes. Which leads into my second is that you start to have some resentment. Mm. Which this is the part that's like, I like want to help people. But when patients call and ask for help, feel in some kind of way. Yeah. And it makes yeah. no sense. And so I think everybody can relate to those. Yeah. And are we saying that you're burned out because on one bad day you feel like one, two, three, four, or five? No. no. But this is a constant. This is a constant. And God bless the person who has people in their lives that will reflect, well, will share with them when they start to see these changes. Hi, this is James, and I want to give you a personal invitation to come to the next Success Bull Ramp. These are small group complimentary monthly meetings to help you win at work and at home. Are you interested in setting and achieving goals, in building habits that stick, becoming a more powerful communicator? Listen, you do not have to do this alone. Register for the next success on ramp today and join other like-minded people who are on the road to achieve success both in business and in life. Use the link in the show notes to grab your spot today. And that was one of the, you know, the, the ways in which I framed the initial question because it's not just if you see yourself experiencing this, you may see somebody in your circle sure. that's experiencing the impact of burden. And you want to be that friend, that person who is able to step in and just have a curious conversation. Hey, you know, I've noticed this a few times, you know, the last few times that I've seen you. Is everything okay? Yes. And Okay, lifestyle medicine physician. I just have to throw this in here. That's why healthy relationships are so important. And there's been a study, it's been going on for like 80 years. It's ridiculous. And they've looked at what is the key factor that we see in people who live long, healthier lives. Mm -hmm. And it's relationships. It's not their high blood pressure. It's not their cholesterol. It's their relationships. And so when we talk about burnout, quality of life, winning at work and at home, you have to have relationships, you have to have a tribe, you have to have a family. And with that, that is the starting point. If you have that, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well, that's good. Are there any other prevention techniques or let's say, let's say now that I realize that I'm in this burnout state. So I'm aware I've had, I've had that epiphany moment. And I'm saying that I'm responding a certain way. I don't want to respond that way. What are the suggestions that you would have for that person who has now reached that level of awareness and they're looking to do something different? Awesome. So, yeah, I call that my older mate Brown. Molly, you in danger, girl. Like, realize <laughs> that. I'm a procedure. Okay. 
which let's just not skip over that. If you get that part, if you can acknowledge that to your conscious mind, that's a huge win. Yes. So let's just check. That's a huge win. Yes. Uh, but ask for him. Asking for help. I know in the culture that I work in, that's taboo. Mm -hmm. And as you have already said, it's a sign of weakness, mm -hmm. uh, which we can't appear weak in our job because lives are in our hands. But asking for help is huge. And to just ease the listeners' minds, I'm not saying you have to say, I need help. Maybe it's just bringing up the topic about how you feel at first. Saying, you know, have you noticed X, Y, Z? Do you feel this way? And just kind of getting some language, getting some language out from your head into the world is a part of, I think, how you can ease into it. Now, if you know you need help, asking for help, and you can say that, for sure, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of us, it's a process to kind of acknowledge it and then start to seek resources. The next one I would say, this is really, really big. And I say this is a big one because I think this is a, a quick win. So if I can, I'll use my profession. Let's say you can comfortably see 25 patients a day. Mm -hmm. but there's 35 patients booked on your schedule every single day. And this happens. This happens because people are calling and customer service got to get people in. A systemic change that you can make, and this is what I call real self-care, not just a massage or a pedicure. Yeah. Lower the cap. I mean, you cannot put more than this number of patients on my schedule. Whatever the cost that the hit you take, the cost to the organization, this is a systemic thing that I'm putting something in place, a hard boundary for the system. Yeah. Um, and I, and the, the way that I would see that translating to folks in the engineering profession, it could be the amount of projects that you're working on mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. some other additional work that you are doing for your organization and being able to have that talk with your manager, your team to say, hey, this is where I am. I'm doing these, you know, 15 activities, working on these five projects. And I know you want to, me to do the 16th thing <laughs> or the sixth project, but I don't really see, I don't really have the capacity to do that. Absolutely. And people, you know, may say, well, James, I don't really want to have that discussion with my supervisor. I don't really want to have that discussion with the owner or with the team. It's going to make me look weak or they're going to think that I'm not doing a good job. The quality of what you produce and what you do is directly correlated to the energy level and what you're able to bring to that right. job. Right. And so if you are depleted, do you think you're going to be as creative as you could be? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the signs of burnout is that the quality of your work has declined. Yes. So once you already say, you know, it's not right. Trust. The quality of your work has already declined. Yes. It's, it's not where it used to be. 
Think of it like this. Okay, you got a broken arm. Somebody's got a broken arm. They're used to carrying, I don't know, 10 books in their arms. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are they going to continue to carry 10 books? No. They might try. They might try. But they're not going to do it well. Yes. They're not going to do it well. And you owe it to the people that you work with and your family to say, my arm is broken. I can't carry this load right now yes. until I heal up. So yes. maybe it's, okay, somebody's helping you carry five books and you carry the other five. Or maybe you carry none. But while you're healing, while you're healing, you can't take on that load anymore. And even though you're telling yourself they're going to notice, people already people already notice. They already do. That's just a matter of fact. So, Yeah, they do. And the vision that I have, as you described, is someone trying to carry those 10 books with one arm. And then you know what happens as you're moving and you're jostling, a few of the books fall out and you got, oh, oh man, I got to go pick, I got to, mm-hmm. how am I going to pick these up? And then I think of, okay, you got to put all 10 books down. Then you got to figure out how to get all 10 books back up. And then you start moving again. And what happens? Some fall again. And it really begins to hamper your ability to produce what you need to produce in your job and in your life. Absolutely. Wow, James, this is awesome because I never, I never thought of that. I've never used that example. Mm-hmm. I've never used that example. But what happens is, is you got the broken arm and you're resenting the people for making you carry the 10 books. Yes. When you ain't told them that you have a broken arm. They don't know that your arm is broken. Know. They don't know. They don't know. And if you would just say, I need help. Can you help me with this load? They would easily take it off of you. And it's, it's an easy thing. And, and guess what? People want to do it for you. Yeah. They want to help you. They want to help. So again, asking for help, going back to that, that that's huge. And, and putting in some systemic boundaries. I know for a lot of people in corporate, emails are a big thing. You yes. know, I horn line. I do not answer emails after this time. I do not bring work at home. You know, mm-hmm. at work is work. At home, it's junk. I can't allow junk in my house. So, you know, yeah, there's things that, that you just kind of have to plan. Absolutely. Yeah, so some of the strategies that, that, that I used when I was still in corporate America was I would block out time on my schedule for no meetings or no interruptions. And I will let my team members and our director know, hey, during this block of time, I'm working on a few projects or and I don't want to be disturbed. Not in a bad way, not in an arrogant way, but to say, this is my time to recover. And this was particularly the case when we were in the the heat of the pandemic, because everybody's home, everybody's remote. So now everybody wants to have a meeting. Anytime they look on your calendar and they see that you have space on your calendar and all of a sudden, boom, there's an appointment that pops up. Boom. There's a meeting. That, that pops up that you didn't know about or weren't necessarily prepared for. And what I had to do was to begin to build boundaries around the time that I needed to do my job successfully, awesome. to, to really show up. And I did that. And, and I even took it to a, a different level too, even before the, the pandemic, was I would put my workout times when I was going to the gym. I don't care if it was the middle of the day. I would say I'm going to the gym because I was working remotely for many years before any of the work from home stuff happened, but I was very transparent in how I use my time because it was important to me. I realized that if I wanted to win at work 
And at home, I had to win at my health. Mm. I had to absolutely get more serious about working out and exercise and eating the right way now. Absolutely. Do I do do that 100% of the time? Am I like living this uh, clean, clean eating life and I'm out running 12 miles a day? No, no. But I am day by day looking to make healthier choices day by day, looking to make sure that I view health as part of my self-care protocol. Right. So that's actually my next point is taking care of your physical body. So you led me into that. But let me just quickly say, that's why you have a podcast. That's why you have a, you are living this. And, and listeners, I don't know if you know how unfortunate you are to get this because this is hard. It is hard to do what you just said you do. I mean, you did it before yeah. the pandemic, you know, you were doing this. And so I just like to, to applaud you for that. But yeah, you such a, I, I can't get off of the, the podcast. I'm Dr. V. I'm a physician. We got to take care of our bodies. Yeah. Uh, if you put the right stuff in it, if you take care of it, it's going to take care of you. And physical exercise is huge. It's huge for our emotional strengths and we feel better. But guess what also helps our emotions? Sleep. <gasps> Sleep. And I'm not talking about closing your eyes for an hour or two. Oh, really? Which, look, for me and the shift, if I got two hours, I was like, I got some sleep. Yeah. But let me just reframe our, our way of thinking. It's called restorative sleep. Mm. But when you get the deep sleep and the REM sleep, you're, you're actually, I'm not making this nice. up, you are restoring your physical body and you're restoring your mind. And so one of the first things by, you know, taking that load off, letting somebody carry these books is hopefully you can get more time away and you can get some sleep because yeah. that's one way to repair the exhausted body for sure. And, and then let's get into what we eat. Well, yes, just, I, I just, I'll just leave it there. You can't put yeah. junk in. But I mean, it's crazy because listen, it's like when you're burned out, you're depressed, you're feeling bad. What do you want to do? You don't want to reach for the carrots, you know, yeah. and celery. You want to eat. You want to reach for the comfort food. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. We're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. And I have a a really good example, a recent example of this. And this was like in the past few days. So I was in a a meeting kind of all day, well, all, all evening the other night. So I was feeling a little depleted the next day. So we have cake here in the house. I don't buy the cake, but when I, I, I'm not the one that's doing the grocery shopping. So let me go ahead and on, on, at least on that day, when I do the grocery shopping, there's no cake here unless it's something special, but you know, we got it, but it's here. It was here in the house. And so I'm here and I see it. I'm like, let me eat a piece of cake. I don't, so I eat a piece of cake and you know, you get that sugar high. Yep. And I was sitting there 
And I was experiencing the sugar high and I was like, you know what? This is not that different than I feel when I go for a quick run or a workout. And it really clued me in to say, I am shortcutting uh, something that's going to be beneficial for my body for the feeling that I get at the end of that healthy thing for this thing that I know is unhealthy and it won't last as long. So it doesn't last as long. Like it's just, you, you get it and then it spikes and then you're feeling bad because you did it. Or just the, the whole process, the nutritional process is just with the sugar and all that and what it does to you is just bad. It's bad. Let, let's talk about substances, though. Mm. Let's talk about drinking. Yeah. Let's talk about alcohol. You, you take that in to relax. Mm-hmm. And what we call in the medical community, which I think is a lamest term now, is you start to self-medicate. Yeah. And so... You know, you're eating a piece of cake and yeah, you get the sugar high, but you can can slowly trickle into dangerous territory when you start to rely on substances. And I will say it became very clear when everybody was home, everybody was drinking, like they were drinking. And and I started to screen people for it. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, sure enough. It was very easy to see people who really didn't drink, but I mean, we you would go look back in their chart. Last year, they said occasional, and now we're to on hard liquor, you know, three glasses a night. Very easy to slip yeah. into based and on think, how you feel. And I think it's, it's easy to, well, not easy, but uh, expanding the whole view of substances to anything that we use to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Sometimes we use self-medicate. We, we do use food for self-medication. At times, we do use different substances for self-medication at a time. But most, a lot of times when this is happening, we're not aware. Like we're not aware that we're Mm self-medicating. What we're doing is subconsciously gravitating toward the thing that will give us the feeling of feeling better and being good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when you become aware. And the only reason I can talk about this from the eating the cake experience because I became aware. I was aware, like, wait a minute. So this is causing me to feel this way. And when I do this other activity, it also makes me feel this way. But this other activity is much better for me. Why don't I just do the other activity? Yes. So that's my awareness. Is manager, girl. That's that's when you are aware. You're absolutely right. Well, um, I will say, Doctor V, I have really enjoyed this office business. Right. I'm really enjoying this office visit. I love it. And, you know, I, I don't think that we can even in one episode cover all of the issues from, you know, from a burnout perspective. I would love to have you back on the show sometime in the future. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm so excited. I can't even wait. So, but, but before we end t- today's show, I do want to give you an opportunity to just free flow and talk about anything else that you think is important for our listeners to know from a burnout perspective. And then after that, talk a little bit about your podcast and how people can get in contact with you. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for having me. And I look forward to coming back. Again, burnout, I think, is a, a symptom of the spirit. And when we talk about that, your your spirit always knows there's a little voice inside that knows. 
And there is something about being fulfilled that requires your attention. And I'm just, I'm, I'm asking, I'm begging your listeners to listen to that voice and turn up the volume. Because literally before I got on this call, someone was telling me a story about someone who was burned out and she committed suicide. <laughs> so when we talk about burnout, yeah, we're exhausted, we're tired, but real talk is life-threatening. It's life-threatening. For the right conditions, it is life-threatening. And so I don't want to end on that note. I do want to be hopeful. There is recovery. August 2021, I left and I am living my best life. And so if you guys want to connect with me and and know how you can live your best life too, I am on, gosh, first of all, I have a podcast, Office with Dr. V, where you get your podcast. I'm also on uh, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all the things that Office Visits with Dr. V. And I have a website, Office with Office Visits with DRV uh, dot com. And you can just peruse the site. I have some resources there. And also you can request a free call with me. So and I'm very accessible and very, very passionate about ushering people into the to a new and uh, more healthier, abundant life. Yeah, and we're going to include links to your website and your podcast in the show notes. So we'll make sure that we get that in the show notes. And again, I just want to thank you for taking time to squeeze us in for an office visit. And it's been a very informative discussion. And just thank you. And I'm going to end this podcast like I end every podcast episode. And it's this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through and do it. And they're living the life of their dreams. Hey, engineer your success community. I want you to be part of that select for you. All right. Be great this week. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.